Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Chrissy McQueen. Our other host, Justin Winters, is not looking nearly as serious as I am. Perhaps he doesn't understand the gravity that is Alfred Hitchcock movies. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> two, two Alfred Hitchcock movies. <laughs> <laughs> Justin. What? I'd never seen an Alfred Hitchcock movie. How is that possible, man? I don't know. Are you sure? Well, as soon as I said that, I was like, maybe I have and don't know it. So I might take that back. I might be a big, fat podcast liar, my dear friends. However, I don't believe I have seen one up until tonight. And yet, here's the ironic and funny part. Our living room is littered with Alfred Hitchcock posters. Like, we have Rear Window, we have North by Northwest... Psycho, um, what else we got? Um. I feel like we have a couple more. To Catch a Thief. We have that. Never saw it. People come over and they're like, oh, that's really cool. I kind of like the, like, vintage movie posters that you have framed up in your living room. I'm like, yep, haven't seen any of them. Womp womp. Haven't you seen Dallin for Murder? No, but I've read the play. Oh... And I know Barbara Stanwyck did it. Okay. So you probably haven't seen... Wait, no. Did she? Yes? Barbara Stanwyck? Yeah. And Dawn for Murder? Oh, no. She did some other movie where it was like about using a phone <laughs> and dialing. <laughs> Grace Kelly was in uh, Dawn for Murder as well. She's so pretty. She's beautiful. I know. Um, yeah, I love Alfred Hitchcock movies, but I love the posters even more. And why? Because I think they look great. See, and that's what I tell people, and they're like, don't you feel like a little bit of a poser having these up in your apartment without ever having seen them? And I'm like, no. I'm like, it's better <laughs> than having the posters of Clueless and, and Titanic and Romeo and Juliet Moulin Rouge up in our living room. In other words, very much what my teenage bedroom looked like. Yes. Hey, it was wallpapered with Leo. It was pretty awesome. So you waited until just this week to see your first two Hitchcock movies. Well, it's, it's director's month. It is director's month. Yes. In January, we are attempting to watch uh, two movies a week, and I say heavy on the attempting because we've been a little bit lazy. And uh, last time we did the Coen Brothers, and this time we got some Hitchcock going on. True. I'm like, whoa. What? We're sticking to a theme and everything. I know. Well, we're only two weeks in. <laughs> yeah, we have time to break this. A couple more weeks. So what two movies did you choose to watch? Uh, out of the glorious list that I was given, I chose Rear Window and Psycho. Got it. Would you like to know why I chose these? Sure. I chose Rear Window because in our old apartment, we lived in a place that... I, I knew the basic concept of the film. And we lived in a place that faced 
um, an old converted hotel that they had made into apartments, and you could literally see inside everybody's unit. Had I had binoculars <laughs> or, you know, um, a telephoto lens for a camera, I could have probably seen some crazy you-know-what. And I remembered that and said, hey, you want to relive our days on Grace Avenue? Let's watch this one. Okay. And Psycho, I was just like, I've heard it's awesome, and there's a great shower scene that I know that somebody gets killed in. Let's watch that. Sounds good. <laughs> and I'm kind of crazy. So. Well, honestly, and also, I don't know anything about the other movies whatsoever. Like, I couldn't tell you for the life of me what North by Northwest is about. I imagine Dial M for Murder is not the Barbara Stanwyck movie, but has something to do with a phone and murder. Possibly <laughs> dialing. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a bit of dialing in there. <laughs> you want to guess? An expression. You want to guess what Vertigo is about? I have a feeling it's not like Verdugo, a.k.a. the hills where the hospital is and where people live. No, it's Vertigo. As in dizziness? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just kidding, Ron. Those are my two favorite Hitchcock movies, uh, Vertigo and North by Northwest. What's North by Northwest about? We'll get to that. Let's. Oh, all we, right, have, then. we only have so much time. We're trying to do this in an abbreviated form. Ooh, that's right. We're doing a truncated podcast because we're awesome like that. Okay, so Psycho. Psycho. So pretty much you only knew that it involved a shower scene. So I knew I Janet Lee was in it, and I knew she's Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. And then I spent half the movie wondering why she spells her last name L-E-I-G-H, but Jamie Lee Curtis is L-E-E. Well, that's because... <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, that's her middle name, and her dad is Tony Curtis. Right. No, I got that, but then why didn't they use L-E-I-G-H, which was her mom's spelling of Janet Lee? Maybe she didn't want to. It's weird. And then I thought of Activia. Activia! And how she like, pulls it out of her purse in her commercials at random intervals. Okay. And I thought, if only Janet Lee, while she was filming Psycho, could see in the future and saw this happening... So what do you think of Psycho, Chris? (laughs) I have to say, um, and this might sound funny for all of you listening who are, you know, obviously familiar with Hitchcock. Maybe you've even taken film study and so you actually know about, you know, his storytelling technique and how he works and stuff like that. But coming from a complete outsider's perspective, I thought about how much it reminded me of The Twilight Zone in the very beginning. And I was like, I feel like Rod Sterling kind of cribbed off of the Hitchcock sheet a little bit. Like, the way he, the, the way that the stories are built are similar. You know, it's... The character has their, their mundane life, and then they have some sort of conflict, and then a whole bunch of strange shit goes down. And it's like... <laughs> in this case, it was murder. Is that only a Twilight Zone thing? No, it's just structurally... <laughs> or just like... Movies. <laughs> that too. I'm clearly not explaining this all, but structurally it reminded like, me of Twilight something like Zone. Nothing happens, and then something happens, <laughs> and shit goes down. This is what happens when we do podcasts at 11 o'clock at night. I'm completely incoherent and unable to articulate myself at all. Sure, just like Twilight Zone. I mean, seriously, you don't you don't know at all what I'm trying to say. I'm completely in left field. Uh, I mean, I guess it could be a Twilight Zone episode. Like a really long one. <laughs> Especially with how it ends up. True. I mean, come on. 
I find it amazing that you did not know the biggest twist about Psycho. Aside from the fact that the main character, what you think is the main character, pretty much dies in the first 30 minutes. Right, it's no longer her story after that. But the real main character, there's a huge twist to Psycho that I assumed everyone knew, but, and I assumed just Chrissy knew it, even though she had never seen it, because again, it's Common like, knowledge. Psycho, this happens. Nope, Chrissy did not know. <laughs> because, because she started remarking of, uh, how it was strange as the movie was going on. And I was like, she doesn't know this. This is interesting. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of was jealous for you for a second. I was like, wow, I'd love to watch this and not know the big twist. Uh, invo- and see, and I thought it was awesome. Involving Norman Bates. So, And it was totally Twilight zone It really was. And I won't hear any differently. It really was. Also, I, I've seen a lot of episodes of Twilight Zone, so I could see how this reminded me of that. But, um, I, it's funny, well, I had heard, obviously, everybody's heard Bates Motel, everybody's heard of Norman Bates, that's, those are, you know, in our pop culture vernacular, like, I know what those names are and what they mean, Mm -hmm. but as I was watching, um, by the way, the actor who played his part is gifted, he's amazing. Anthony Perkins. Amazing. Dearly departed Anthony Perkins. He did a great job, man. He died of AIDS. Oh. But yes, he was great. Yeah, and in watching, um, especially, I want to say, sometime after Janet Lee dies, but before the private investigator is really, like, there and involved, during, the, you know, those middle scenes, I actually felt badly for him, and I was like, you know what's weird? Everybody talks about Norman Bates, but really, it's his mother who's a total bitch. Why isn't <laughs> anybody talking about the mother? Because she's a total bitch. He's just trying really, really hard. And I didn't say it out loud, but I was thinking it. And I'm like, why so much focus on him? Something must happen. Well, Clearly, something did. (laughs) That's what kind of makes him amazing, because he's obviously a really creepy guy. But even though he's really creepy, and even though you... When you find out that he is obviously a murderous killer, you kind of feel sorry for him. Yeah. No, you do. But I guess that's a testament to Anthony Perkins and how well he played the character. Uh, I, my favorite thing about him is his his sliding scale of, I call it, ner- nervosity. <laughs> like, he gets more nervous as it, it goes along, and he has, like, these ticks, <laughs> like, these nervous ticks. Like, you know when, like, people get nervous and they do, like, the, the, sunken, the sunken jaw thing? Yeah. He does that, like, more as the movie goes along, and then he's got his, um, he, like, chews on candy corn in the movie. Oh, I didn't notice that. Anyway. I th- for a second, by the way, when you were making up your phrase of nervosity. Yeah. I don't know why, but... Is it a word? I either thought you were going to say, or thought you did say, nerdosity, and I was like, like a range of nerdiness? He's kind of nerdy. He is kind of nerdy. Yeah. He I still keep... that texture me. Yes. Well... So... Yeah, to a crazy degree. <laughs> I still can't believe in the remake they had Vince Vaughn play Norman Bates. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh. That, that, that movie was just... Ugh. What a slap. It was a slap. That is a total slap. Sorry, Vince Vaughn, but slap. Um, our favorite thing um, together watching this movie, and I'm glad that you loved it as much as I did. I guess it's like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this. Anyway, is how bad of a um, crook Janet Lee's character is in this movie. She's terrible. <laughs> Every time she can make a good decision, she makes a bad decision. If you have to steal $40,000, do not do it in the way that she does. Yeah. Don't, like... And she's so, like... 
I mean, her, it's not even just the choices she makes, it's her attitude. Like, she's leaping on the side of the road, and the cop's like, hey, what's up? And she's like, nothing! And, like, all wide-eyed, looking at him like, am I being arrested? Is something wrong? And he's like, I don't know. Based on the way you're acting, crazy woman, I think something may be wrong. Oh, I still can't believe that when she gets to the uh, dealership oh, and man. sees the seemingly cop or whatever who's been following her across the street, she still goes ahead with the whole... Yeah, and she's really adamant, too. They're like, take it for a just drive. No, what's wrong with making a deal making up your mind? I want this car. And she's so serious about it. Yeah, and I was like, what is going on? She's really bad at this. Keys, 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 keys off the ice. And then she goes and she hides the money in the newspaper. And I'm like, for real? What if the maid comes? What if the maid comes? Ain't no maid at the baseball team. Oh, lo siento, missus. I threw away the newspaper. It would be very sad. Oh, man. And by threw away, I mean she put it in her maid cart and we'll never see it again. No? no? Not on board with this? No. Okay. Anyway. But yeah, she was a terrible, terrible crook. And I don't think that we'd necessarily be great cooks. Cooks? Crooks. But I would think that we're at least a little smart enough to know what blatantly not to do. Where where would you have put the 40000 I would have probably kept it deep in my suitcase. Like inside socks or, you know. Somebody could have stolen her suitcase. Well, that could be true of anything in the room. Like, you know, I was put in a drawer where, you know, anybody could... Come in and be like, oh, what's in the store? You put it in a bag and you put it in the tank of the toilet. Mm, no. Too risky. Did you know, trivia... Trivia! That this was the first uh, movie to feature a flushing toilet? Really? Yes. Weird. <laughs> it didn't even flush that well because some of the contents were left on the ground. <laughs> First American film ever to show a toilet flushing on screen. Apparently, this is very, like... Controversial? Controversial. Wow. Keep one foot on the floor and don't flush the toilet. So that's what happened all, all those years in I Love Lucy. They never actually flushed the toilet. They just went and, like, left it there. And then Lucy would make these faces like, Ugh, and now we know why. This is where the Americans learn how to flush the toilet from Psycho. From Psycho. Because he was watching the movie, and the important plot point of when she had, uh, Janet Lee's character had to flush the paper down the toilet, but a bit of the paper stayed, and you're like, what? Why is it that? No, because at first, no, when they went, when her sister came later and grabbed it, I didn't quite observe that she grabbed it from the floor. And she was like, I found this. She obviously tried to flush it. And I was like, what? She opened the toilet and saw a piece of something floating, picked it out? And then I realized, no, it never made it to the bowl. It must have been on the floor or something. And that's the other thing. Norman Bates, believe it or not, wasn't very good at covering up crimes. When he was doing the whole thing, like, in the bathroom, I, the whole time I was looking at you, I was like, bleach, bleach, where's the bleach? Hello, CSI is going to come in and know what happened. He's no Dexter. Well, Dexter has killed many people. Apparently so has Norman. No, only a, a couple Two. people. Well, so. you know, once you hit three, you're officially a serial killer. For reals? Yeah. Is that Encyclopedia Britannica Look it up. Definition? You have a laptop in front of you. You should totally look that up. How many people does it take to kill before you reach serial killer I don't think standards? I want to Google that, because then like... <laughs> the, the p- police might be at my door in, like, three seconds flat, like, oh, a rear window. I've Googled so much worse. But, like, this is like a Tootsie Pop question. You know, how many licks does it take to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop? 
Well, if, it, if that's if he had such a small number, then he, obviously he wasn't very um, experienced in the ways of serial killing. Yeah, he put the he put the bloody mop in the car with her, with all his fingerprints on it. Not good. Not good. His mom wasn't very versed in serial killing. I should but say she aged really well. <laughs> <laughs> I think she needs some like fillers, moisturizer, or fillers, or something. <laughs> I go straight to the fillers. Like, she need a little Botox. <laughs> Some Restylane, perhaps. Oh, man. But it's amazing once you find out the big twist, when you think back, like, how he threw his voice and had full-on conversations and the whole thing. He, again, he had a lot of time to practice that. But, oh, my God. The last look that Anthony Perkins gives the camera at the very end of the movie, chills. And you know who it reminded me of? Yosef Mengele. What? Yeah. Yosef Me- What? He had Mengele eyes. It was scary. It was, exactly. It's kind of like, I'm going to give you AIDS. Justin. Not cool. I'm sorry, Anthony Perkins. I love you. That, wow. Oh, so in insensitive. <sighs> Sorry. Okay. Dude, you know what? What? I like Psycho, but there's three sequels to this. Psycho 2 is crazy sauce. We're going to have to watch it. Is that a Hitchcock movie too? No. <laughs> Hitchcock didn't do the sequels. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, but they go on to like, I think the is it the third or the fourth one is like a prequel and it tells, pretty much shows why uh, he went crazy and stuff understand how you can do that if Hitchcock's not involved. I don't I don't get how studios just do that. A son's best friend is his mother. Well, his, it wasn't his story. It was based on a book. Well, alright. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> Shut down! I saw this when I was like 12 for the first time and I like didn't want to take a shower for six months. Everyone says they're like, you'll never shower again. I'm like, the showering part didn't bug me so much. Really? Yeah. So you're ready to take showers with the doors unlocked and everything? Well, I always... Come on. This is Los Angeles. I lock my door. No matter what. Oh. But still. Like, I mean, it was handled very, as far as, you know, gory scenes go, classily. I guess the scariest thing about it was the shower curtain. Yeah. Like plastic. Very prone to mildew and mold. That could kill you faster than... <laughs> The guy with the yeah, knife. Yeah, the mold. That was, you're right. That was totally the problem. I bet you she died of mold. In the remake, she does. What? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're like so gullible. No way. The way there, you said it. There are some weird addition, like changes in the remake. Like, um, you know, the part where he, uh, when she first gets into the hotel and um, he goes and looks through the hole. Yeah. In the remake, he like wax off to her. Of course he does. Of course. And why am I not surprised? It has that sound that you love. Gross. Why do you do it? <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, man. This podcast exists for you to make funny noises to make me grossed out. So, what grade would you give Psycho? Hey. Good. It's a great movie. It's a classic film. On to Rear Window. Rear Window. Starring Grace Kelly and James Stewart. James Stewart. 
You can call him Jimmy Stewart. I was going to, but then the poster, it says James, and I thought maybe he wants to be called James. <laughs> I think he's cool with being called Jimmy. Or he was. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Rear Jimmy. Window. You know whose uh, favorite movie this is? Rear Window? No. Neil Patrick Harris. Good taste, Neil Patrick Harris. NPH. I love NPH. So, Rear Window, in Technicolor, released in 1954, but before Psycho, that was in black and white. I didn't know it was going to be in Technicolor. I was like, this is in color? I'm so confused. And you were like, it's not color, it's Technicolor. <laughs> and you got very jazz handy about it. It's true. <laughs> How many times have you seen this movie? Rear Window? Yeah. More than Psycho? Half a dozen times. Or about the same? About the same. Okay. Yeah. Do you like it more or less? Um, probably less. Yeah, I agree. Still a great movie, but yeah. probably a little bit less. I feel like it it drags a little bit more than Psycho. Like, yeah. Psycho, I didn't need to be distracted. I didn't need to look away. I didn't need to eat something because I'm an narcoleptic person. True. Like, I was riveted. I wanted to know what happened next. It was very involved. I was involved with this, too, but it was still like... I bet I can guess what, how, why it dragged for you. Why? Because you were asleep. <laughs> I didn't sleep through half of it. <laughs> the parts where my my eyelids were closed, those were the draggy parts. <laughs> okay, fine. Because he's like, can you get the gobstoppers for me or I'm going to fall asleep? Yeah, seriously. I don't know what I would have done without the gobstoppers. They were very everlasting for you. I got so sick of them, too, because I had so many, and I was like, I don't want any more gobstoppers. But, like, I could not stay awake. It was killing me. I caught all the good parts, though. Well, here's the number one good part. Grace Kelly. She's so pretty. Va-va-voom. Va-va-voom. Like, I couldn't... I, I still can't watch this movie and really think clearly about it. Because I'm like, hey, dude. Okay, I know you're... You got your broken leg or whatever. I know you're bored. But Grace Kelly, your girlfriend, keeps coming over. And I she's, know. And she's basically throwing herself at you. Yeah. And you're like... Uh, move, honey. Let me look. Up, <laughs> l- let me look across at all these people, and I'm like, dude, what? It's a really good invitation, actually, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But yeah, totally. He's like, who cares about being in a wheelchair and getting laid by Grace Kelly? You don't have to do any work. I'm like, who? Like, <laughs> when, when Hitchcock cast this movie, he should have cast like an ugly river troll or something, because <laughs> casting Grace Kelly in this role, I was just like. Whatever, like, shut your blinds. Forget about people getting killed across the street. Oh, Bang Gris Kelly. Like, yeah. You're not in a full body cast. Your wang's not, it's free. Oh, no. Come on, Jimmy Stewart. But the silly thing is, is that, like, he wasn't, even before the murder happened, he was still more interested in looking out the window. Yeah. She was like, you should get some sleep tonight. Did you sleep in the wheelchair? And he's like... Hey, honey, like sleeping in the wheelchair. I haven't changed my pajamas. He's <laughs> got the same pajamas too, like sitting he parts does. of the movie. You're right, he totally does. I'm like, dude, again, you're not in a full body cast. You got your like maid or whatever coming over and giving you massages and fixing. I don't think she's a, fixing you sandwiches. She's a nurse. I don't think she's a maid. He treats her like a maid. Yeah, she's like, stop sleeping in the chair, go to bed, and he's like. Oh, I got a knot right there in my neck. <laughs> why are we Kristen Wiig, by the way? <laughs> and why is 
Why is your maid slash nurse giving you massages and not Grace Kelly naked? This is stupid. This is 1954, Justin. <laughs> I don't know, man. There was some slight... Like the, I agree. The ballet chick across the, girl, the way, right? Like, the dancer. Yeah, it's like bending over, showing her tush and I lingerie know. and stuff. And she danced around the whole time. I, I, I even thought I was like, this is 1954, isn't it? But you know what you didn't hear? What? The toilet flush. True. See. Not one person across the way had a toilet, <laughs> or they were flushing it. No, but apparently they like to sleep Look on balconies. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I don't understand that. I was like. Is their main apartment too crowded and they, like, need to sleep on the... Are they crashing? Do they not really normally live there? Although, living in L.A. has kind of given me a uh, a view hole into the life of someone like Jimmy Stewart in this movie because when I lived, like, when I lived at June Street in Hollywood, I'd, I'd walk onto my balcony and see the, like old Mexican dudes in their underwear smoking cigarettes to hide from their wife in the morning or the guy who had seemingly every piece of furniture he couldn't fit in his apartment on his porch. But nothing compares to the life-size Care Bear at Grace apartment. That was the saddest Care Bear ever. Yeah, because it stayed outside in all the elements and it like got faded and lost its color. Well, it wasn't like it wasn't just like a, a regular. It was a giant size orange Care Bear. Yeah, it was huge. And it was the only thing on this person's porch <laughs> for like months and months. And so every time I go out on a porch, I would check in on the giant size orange Care Bear, and it was still sad sitting there just waiting to be rescued. Poor. I know you were very sad about the poor Care Bear. And then, and then one day I went out, and he was gone. I know you noticed. You were just like, I was like Jimmy Stewart. I was like calling the police. Police, the Care Bear is gone. What does that sound? Hello, police. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Kristen Wade came back. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, we went through a period where we had one special item on our balcony. What did we have? It, it was like the biggest leaf you'd ever seen that we got as like a present from a friend of a friend who came over for the first time. He was like, hey, I was outside I saw this big tree, and it had a big leaf, and I decided I was foolhardy enough to climb it and bring it down for you. Here's an eight-foot-tall leaf. And we were like, okay, and put it on the balcony. Yeah, that didn't last long. No, it didn't. I don't know. Rear window should have been just called, like, adverse to curtains or whatever. Murderous neighbors? (laughs) Murderous neighbors. Only one murderous neighbor. That's true. But Did they have to kill the dog? There was only one use of blinds, and then everyone else just had their curtains all the way rolled up all the time. I noticed that. I was like, what if they? What if this were like a real building? And um, when they were filming this movie, they told everybody, okay, for the next three months when we film this, you can't ever close your blinds. You have to leave them open all the time. Because there is one guy across the way who's got a broken leg, but apparently he can't... <laughs> Not only leave his apartment, but can't leave this one spot in his apartment. So he just sits there and falls asleep in his chair and then wakes up and then falls asleep and then wakes up. And he's got a telescope and some binoculars. We talk about a lot of times favorite parts. And and a really hot girlfriend that (laughs) doesn't want to have sex with. We talk a lot about our favorite parts of movies. Mm -hmm. I think we need to take a second to acknowledge. The the worst part about this movie is definitely the end. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, when the killer comes in, he's like, what do you want? Why didn't she turn me in? Da-da-da-da. Can you get the ring back? And he's like doing a whole thing. And Jimmy Stewart's like, I'm in the dark, see? Sit tight and I'll take a picture. <laughs> Because like, I'm a photographer, they got hit. Was it's his entire line of defense, and this is an old-fashioned camera too. You can't just keep flashing; it's not digital. Where it's like he has to like unscrew a bulb every single time he puts a new one in, which he's doing in the dark, by the way. Dumbest murder ever. And here's the stupid thing: he knows the murderer is coming. He had like a good two minutes. And I, and I get it. He's, like, looking for something, a weapon. He can't seem to find one for whatever reason. He's decided he can't get out of the chair. What happened to his telescope? What happened to locking the door? What happened to his telescope? Just swing that thing. Yeah, smack him. Or do some, like, Jackie Chan shit with his cast. Yeah, I know, right? No, he has to use the flash on his camera. And he's lucky that this stupid murderer guy doesn't think to, I don't know, cover his eyes. <laughs> Every time he takes like a step, he's like, oh. He's like, oh, that hurts my eyes. Oh, I have glasses. I, oh. I feel like it's a video game where like you stun the opponent for like a second. It buys you a second to like get a point. Yeah, it's like the, star, like the stars of your head in Street Fighter. Like, yes. Oh. Right, it's not a permanent solution. It just didn't make sense. But seriously. Jimmy Stewart should have got like Blanca and been like, ah! And just electrocuted. <laughs> Let's remake it and do that. But like, seriously, in the two minutes that he had to come up with a game plan, don't you at least lock the door? Yes. At least. Yes. I don't see this guy as having like, you know, body slam the door to get in. But let's face facts, Chrissy. To lock the door, you would actually have to travel to the other side of the room, which we obviously have learned that he did not do. He made it to, like, a landing and tried to get up. And then he was like, never mind, this is too hard. Yeah. So, the fact that the whole flash defense thing, and then (laughs) the the merch guy tries to hang him by his cast. (laughs) And Juice Dewey's like, oh, no. And we're screaming like, somebody catch him with the doggy like elevator thing, like the and basket. That, that was my favorite part of hanging, and the murderer's like clear as day on the balcony hanging him, and everybody and their mom can see what's going on. I'm like, oh my goodness, that was very loud. That was uh, our stopwatch to tell us that we should stop talking. All right, so we'll, we'll, I'll finish this thought. <laughs> but everybody and their mom in the whole neighborhood can clearly see what's going on. And, like, he's still going through with it. Like, what, is he going to get out next and hang everyone else? I don't even think that they they were clued into what was going on soon enough. Like, obviously nobody was on the other side being his Jimmy Stewart with a telescope and binoculars. And when they saw this guy using the flash defense, they should have been like, let's call the police. And as you notice in the movie, it only took, like, five to ten seconds from when you call the police to the police are at your door. Right, yeah, it was very quick, especially so, by New York standards. I'm like, thanks, people, for being not being my Jimmy Stewart and saving Jimmy Stewart. No, he, he had to, like, be dropped head first. Maybe this is what Vertigo is about. It's like a story inside of a story inside of a story. Like, the next Jimmy Stewart's like, I was watching you, and now I'm going to save you. And then the other one's like, and I was watching you, and now I'll save you. And it just goes in the spiral. Yeah. That's it's just, where it goes about. It's just two guys, and they live across the street from each other, and they just slowly open their blinds and slowly close them. <laughs> slowly open them, slowly close them. 
two hours of that straight, and then that's the end. I love it. Yeah. Vertigo. Okay. Note to self. We'll watch that next. Spell, like, Vertigo, the hospital or whatever. And the, the street and the hills. Okay. Okay. So what would you give uh, your grade for <laughs> rear window? A minus B plus. I'd probably give it like a B plus. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's still Hitchcock and apparently he's awesome, so I can't, I can't knock it. And it, it did flow nicely and did build tension. And I give uh, Grace Kelly a plus plus. I love that you're so into her because I think she's the bomb. Who doesn't think she's the bomb? True. Obviously. I did my hair like her for our so, wedding. Yeah. It was and awesome. That's why I thought you were the bomb. Thanks. Dot, not, because com. You were, not because you were marrying me or anything. You were like, oh, she looks like Grace Kelly today. I guess we'll get married. What? You're like, that's why? No. Okay. Anyway, I'm glad you've now seen two Hitchcock films. Now I want to watch a Twilight Zone marathon. Really? A little bit. I actually want to see Psycho 2 and 3. No. Yes. No, no, no. Okay. Well, I guess we'll move on to another director next week. All right. Same time, same bat channel. Yeah. And, um. And then. And then. You had a thought and lost it? Um. Oh. Everyone should congratulate me on Twitter, if you can, by (laughs) being in the lead for the first annual um, awards movie draft done on the Popcorn Mafia podcast. Award him with a grain of salt, guys. He got to pick first, and we all had, like, the same top three or four movies that we wanted. So, yes, congratulations, but you had the artist. The artist. Why do we have competitions if there's always going to be a caveat? Oh, you got to pick first. Well, no, because you're... Well, you, you, If you would have gotten to pick first, I would have been like, Oh, you got to pick first. But you also come from an advantage of... of having seen almost every movie out there and possessing... I've seen seen very much more than you had. When you have a wide film knowledge. Obviously. Let's face it. You you have a little bit more on the knowledge end at your disposal than, certainly, than I do. And maybe not Grey, but... Grey sees more movies than I do. Right. I was going to say, she's a a movie geek like like you, but a hotter one. What? Grey's a hottie. Shut your face. I'm married to you. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I can't think that Gray is hot. You're psycho. <gasps> Not nice. <laughs> anyway, so, but the nominations for the Oscars came in today, and I didn't do totally badly. No, you did pretty well. Thanks to Hugo, mainly. Thank God. Thank you, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> e? I know. <laughs> Um, check us out on Twitter or, uh, on the, Congratulate Justin on at Facebook. Justin Winters. <laughs> Send me kid- your condolences at Chris you Winters with a K. I don't need any congrats. Or, um, go to at Popcorn Mafia to tell Gray that she is apparently the hottest of the movie geeks. Or check us out on Facebook. Yeah. So or, I'm your movie. Or on iTunes. God, there's so many places you could go. I know. You could, like... Stalk us like Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window. Oh, the places you will go. Oh, well. Good times, right? Great times, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Maybe. I'm going to be stuck looking at my rear window. This one? Sure. Sure.
I can see. I can see across. The blinds are closed. I can see when the woman downstairs is sleeping. I only see a cat that just looks like <laughs> plotting our eventual demise. Yeah. Day thirty-seven. Day thirty-seven. They're still there. <laughs> Must kill them. 